I'm excited what the Lord is going to do tonight. I feel like um, I want to talk to you about an altar of worship, okay? Um, you know, it was mentioned last week as... As we just talked about the vision, about where the Lord's taking us, um, we're on borrowed time here in this building, which is, which is good. It's a good thing. Uh, but anywhere that we travel to, as the cloud moves, we get to move with the cloud. Amen. And uh, I, I just. As I look at themes throughout the Bible, I just notice that the altar is the one place that God continues to meet people. And we know that Jesus gave himself as the complete sacrifice, as the one and only the final sacrifice for all humanity. But the Lord is looking for a people that will continue to go to the altar, to come to the altar, and, and continue to believe that that the Spirit of God will meet them at the place of the altar. And, and, and I, as we talked about, um, you know, expansion and increase and all these things and all the vision and all that the Lord wants to do in the days ahead, ahead I believe that if worship, sacrifice, and prayer is not in the middle of that, we'll miss it. And so I want to be very careful. Um, again, I just feel like there's, there's a place where the Holy Spirit wants to work inside of us. How many know that transformation must come? Transformation must come to our lives so that we see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit inside of us, the things that he's called us to, the places that he's, he's drawing us into. And it's not a time where we uh, set, uh, push things aside and ignore things, ready? Because sometimes the church likes to ignore our stuff. We like to put it aside and not, not deal with it. And I'm not talking about any, I'm just talking about uh, in general, we don't like to deal with certain things. And God is wanting in our business, and God is wanting to touch us in a powerful way. He's wanting the increase of his kingdom to come upon us. So I just wanna, I just wanna talk about the altar today. And, and really, what is an altar? It's, it's, it's a religious thing. Come on. It's a religious thing. It's a raised structure or a place, but it does it. That's what it technically is in its definition. But it's a place of sacrifice, worship, and prayer. I believe that Abraham built an altar, and the promise of God came to his generation, and the, and the, and the following all he he received the the Abrahamic covenant at the place of the altar. We know that Noah built an altar. We know that Jacob built altars. We know that all throughout the Old Testament history, there was altars built. Joshua, as they crossed over, they, made, they took the 12 stones and built an altar. There is something about the altar that signifies God moving us ahead and moving us beyond. 
And so tonight I want to just touch on that a bit and hopefully that we, we will understand that prayer, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm going to talk about this altar here, it, not specifically, but in general, I believe that, listen, I have Pentecostal background. I, my roots are in Pentecost and, and where we lived was at the altar. And for some reason, the, wa the altar is getting washed out of churches. When, when we have times of, you know, I have people come through here, if they're first time, second time visitors, we see that people are like, wow, we don't go, our church, we don't pray for people, it's, nothing happens at the altar. We don't, and I'm, that's sad. That's sad. And I'm not saying it's every church, but I know that it's a scarcity, and we want to move ahead, and we want to, how can, how can we release a message and then, ask for no response and the Lord is wanting us ready in every situation to respond to him and this isn't to bring guilt on anyone who doesn't come to the altar I honestly because I know there's some but some of you will not be moved I, I'll just call that out some of you will not be moved and it's not a good thing the Lord is wanting to touch our hearts and move us just because we think I got it in my seat I'm telling you there's things that can happen here or let's just forget this all right forget this for a moment and we go into our place of prayer and we get before the father and we begin to cry out and be specific about the things that we were asking for but even more so just spending time and allowing the Lord to do something within me because I need transformation in my life more than anyone in this room I need transformation if you don't want it I'll take it because I need transformation in my life so that I begin to look like Jesus on the earth and I begin to not deify myself I begin to glorify the Father I begin to glorify Jesus and, and then you say well why don't get all excited about that Pentecostal stuff that Pentecostal stuff brought the fire of God to the earth and I'm telling you we need it again we need to be at the altar again and so I'm, I'm I don't want robots I don't want you to do as I say just because I say it but I'm I'm encouraging people listen if you if you if you sit back Listen, God is wanting to touch you at the altar. He's wanting to come. I don't care if you've been here 5,000 times. It could be on that 5,001 time that God, you have breakthrough. And, and I'm telling you, we are blessed with, with this worship team that, that continually pulls us into the presence of God. And it doesn't have to be an altar time. I saw a few people come up here, and, and we always have some type of worship moving around up here. But this is the altar. And when you worship up here, it brings freedom to you. you. You don't even understand it, but it brings freedom to you. So that's worship. It's worship. It's prayer. It's the altar. It's the place. It's the sacred space where God wants to meet you. And you say, well, brother, I, he can meet me in my, in my seat. He can. But there's something about forgetting about yourself and stepping out of your comfort zone because your seat's comfortable. Come on, we're blessed with these seats. They're comfortable. Right? Those are like five-hour seats, bro. <laughs> like five-hour preaching seats. You're good, right? But I realize this, that the Lord's trying to draw us in, and he wants not just a few. He doesn't want 90%. He wants everyone. And so you hear my heart tonight. 
I'm not breathing. I, I don't want to release any condemning thoughts, okay? But I want us to take an acknowledgement of God. Where am I with this? Where am I with my worship? Where am I with my sacrifice? And you say, well, we don't sacrifice. No, sometimes you come in here and there has to be a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes you come in here and it's just, you, you drag, I joke about it, the saints come dragging in, but instead of marching in, come on, it, there's, there's a place where sometimes you just barely can get yourself in here. And I'm telling you, it's not, we, we're not called to suffer alone. And sometimes you need to get out from the, the place where it, that's trying to suck you in and get you isolated and jump in front here and allow the Holy Spirit to do something that only He can do. Listen, there's transformation coming to the church. And it won't happen by us sitting and waiting. And the Word is good, but we want to eat from the Word and then respond to the Word and let His divine power Ignite us, transform us, change us on the inside. How many want to be changed on the inside? I, I just have to take a thermometer check in this place. If you want to be changed, because the Lord is calling us. Listen, you, you can't, what God has for this, this next season, the next decade, whatever it looks like, I believe that he's looking for the church to come into a place of alignment and, and out of confinement. And so there has to be that, that place where we step out of the place of confinement and move into the alignment of God. And the alignment of God is at the altar. Oh, you don't believe me. I'm telling you, the place of the altar is where we get our power, where the Holy Spirit comes to us, where he begins to flow, where he begins to... Listen, he is undeniable at the place of the altar. And, and it doesn't necessarily, like I said, it doesn't have to be in this place, but you have to find a place where you build an altar before the Lord. And whatever it looks like, it has to, be, it has to look like worship. It has to look like praise. It has to look like intercession. It has to look like these things that God is trying to build your life out of the foundation of prayer and worship that will be staple in this place for the forever forever for as long as i'm breathing it will be staple here there has to be a place and we think there's no sacrifice in ministry i will tell you i gave i gave my life to do this and I, it's time it's time it's time to come to a place where we come and we allow the sacrifice to be a real thing and I'm not saying I have to die again. No, but I have to pick up my cross. I have to pick up my calling. I have to stand in the place where God's called me. Have you read a scripture yet? There's a place that God's trying to bring us. And he wants you to acknowledge him in these places. So just turn with me quick to Genesis 35. I'm just going to hit a couple of scriptures. Genesis 35 and verse 1, it said, And then, then God said to Jacob, Arise and go, go to Bethel and dwell there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household and all those who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourself and change your garments. Then let us arise and go to Bethel. And I will, I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in, in the way which I have gone. 
come on, that's a good, that's a good word right there. Jump down just to verse 13. It said, then God went up from him. It says it actually says that in verse 12, the land which I gave Abraham, he's speaking, uh, the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, I give to you and to your descendants after you. And this is the land. Then God went up from him in that place where he talked to him. And Jacob set up a pillar in that place and talked where he talked with him, a pillar where a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering on it, and he poured out oil on it. And Jacob called the place where he spoke, where God spoke with him, Bethel. And Bethel, let's just go to 28. Let's just go to 28, because I just got to bring you into a little uh, refresher course on what's happening with Bethel. So we remember Jacob. Jacob's fleeing from Esau, right? He's got contention with his brothers. Come on, somebody. The tension in the body of Christ has got to go. The tension in, in, the, in the body has to go. The tension, not just, I'm not talking about this place because I feel like there is a spirit of unity in here, but the tension even outside from church to church, from place to place, uh, my ministry, your ministry, we're always competing. There's no competition in the kingdom. There should just be reformation. And I believe that the Lord is trying to build an altar in every church and in every ministry where we give ourselves completely to what he's doing. And I'm not saying we need to run with people that don't have the same DNA, but I am saying this, that the Holy Spirit is wanting us to, to move to that place where nothing gets in the way of what God wants to do. And he doesn't want us to be in contention with it. Listen, he left Esau. Esau gave him all his stuff and said, bye, I'll see you later. Go into your promise. And I'm telling you right now that the Holy Spirit is calling the body of Christ to step into this place. Listen, he wants us to purify ourselves. He wants us to put away those things and he wants to step into the garments the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness he wants to step into the garments the 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 the, the robe of righteousness that god has already given to you so we need to change our thinking change the way what we carry change the things that are on our lives because god wants something better for you i have to take a breath Remember, Jacob went to this place, and he laid down, and he had a dream, and then, the, then he saw angels ascending and descending. He saw the angels up and down, up and down, and then he spoke about, about Bethel, right? He said, behold, in verse 15, he said, behold, I am with you. I will keep you in whatever, you, in, in wherever you will go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until what I have done. This is God speaking to him, and then he says, he wakes up. He wakes up from his sleep. <laughs> he wakes up from his sleep. Come on, God's trying to wake up the church from their sleep. And said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. And we need to be able to discern God's presence abiding and living with us in this hour. Amen? Amen. How awesome, he said. And he, he said, surely the Lord is, is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Let me just talk to you for a minute about this, this gate. Listen, you are the gate. I just want to tell you, as we continue to build altars, because right from this place, he, it says that Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone from his head, and he, he, he placed the stone as a pillar. It's the same thing. He built an altar 
at that point, and he returned to that altar. And what did he do? He remembered what God had done there. Now, some of us in this room need to begin to remember what the Lord has done in the past. Even in your early beginning, some of you haven't even been in the kingdom long enough to even remember anything God's done. You just remember last week when you got saved. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is wanting us to live in this place of remembrance, knowing, understanding what God has done. Remember what the Lord has done. Remember how he's done it. Remember what he did in those times. Remember all those things that he's done. Listen, if we do not acknowledge the things from the past and we don't, we, we come to the altar and we don't remember, we, we get amnesia so quickly. We get amnesia so easily. We don't remember what the Lord did last week. I'm, I'm guilty of it. We don't remember the revelation God gave us. We're running to the next one. It's, it, it's all over the church. It just happens like that, right? God, listen, people have been testifying in this place of God's transforming power, even from a few weeks back in the baptism. Remember what the Lord has done. Remember how when you, you came up out of the water, you were set free from something that you knew you couldn't get free from before. For whatever reason, it was the water. Who cares what it was? Thank you, Jesus, that it happened. And I'm telling you tonight that there's, a, there's, a, there's something that's about to be released in the church that's going to move us into a new realm of transformation as we continue to acknowledge the Lord and all that he does. I'm telling you all that he does. We can't forget his, the outpourings from the past. We can't forget what he's done in, in, in days behind, in behind us. But I'm telling you tomorrow, there's something for you as we build an altar, as we continue to ask the Lord, Lord, I come to the altar and I ask and I seek and I knock. There's promises that are about to unfold that you don't even know about. They haven't been prophesied to you yet. There's things that the Lord is going to do that he has not even revealed to you yet. Me too. So I love this. How awesome is, is this place? It's, it's the place where what? It's the house of God. It's the house of God. It's where God wanted to dwell. It's where God said, I'll make my place here. Because why? Because you're here and you're seeking me. I'm going to make my place here. I'm going to not just visit. I'm going to inhabit. And so this is what we want. We want in this place an, a habitation of his presence. I don't want a little bit. I don't want a little. Little dab won't do me. I don't know about you. It won't do me if he just comes in and sucks up out of here. That's not going to work for me. That's not going to work for me. It shouldn't work for you either. And I have this crave inside of me. I have this 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 gnawing inside of me that that the Lord is going to pull us into something greater than we've e ever seen before because why because he is faithful he's so faithful there's transformational things that the, that the Lord is doing and he wants to do it inside of you go back to he wants to purify us he wants us to change our clothes. He wants to cleanse us. Every day, check your heart. Just do it. Every day, just do it. See, that's what the altar's for. So I can check my heart. <laughs> that's what the altar's for. God, I need something. God, we need, we, listen, what we need is God to pour out miracles in ways that we haven't seen. 
And I, I'm thankful. Listen, someone got healed online last week. Awesome. I was like, what? That's awesome. Other people got healed in this place last, last week. This is good. That's what's supposed to happen. Note to self. That's what's supposed to happen. And so I get, I get like, God, that just seems like a water drip to me. Because I know people in here that their family members need outrageous miracles. But the Lord is God. He's the king of the universe. He's the one that can do anything, whenever he wants, however he wants, and he wants to do it. I believe he wants to do it. I believe he wants to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. I believe that some of the chronic things that we're believing for in this place with kids, with kids, see, that's what kills me, with children. He wants to touch them. I can't make it happen. I need to go to the altar. I don't have a seven steps to miracles teaching that I can fling on someone and expect a healing to come. It might happen, but I have an altar. I have a place of worship. And we get so caught up and bound up in our own stuff And then the enemy wants to afflict intentionally. Like, so, so overplaying his hand, it's ridiculous. And we go, we see that? No. No. I got to go back to the altar. I got to go back to the place of prayer. I got to go, I got to go when I'm, when I'm hurting inside. When it feels like I'm chewing on nails, I need to lift my hands and praise anyway. Amen. Jesus. Look at this. This is the tabernacle of Moses. Ready? I think it's chapter 40. Yes, chapter 40, verse 32. Whenever they went into the tabernacle of meeting, then they came near to the altar. They washed. What? They're washing again. They washed. Come on, there's a cleansing flow that came from the blood of Jesus that sets us completely free and washes us clean from anything that would ever, ever keep us from the throne. Listen, we have this throne of grace now that we go to. We don't have to do anything. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the Lord himself that went through the veil before us and brought us into that place. So even in this Old Testament, the way it's being uh, written, we, we, we can take principles, but what we have now is even greater because the Lord has gone before us and he's already made a way. And you don't lack one thing. It's just Jesus. So they came near to the altar and washed as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he raised up the court all around the tabernacle and the altar and hung up the screen at the court gate. So Moses finished the work. 
Verse 34, this is a good part. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Listen, this is, this is what the Lord is doing. This is what I've seen him do over and over again. I have yet to see, even in New Testament, sometimes I've been in places where I can't get up out of the seat. Come on, don't you want that? Yeah. <laughs> Church that never ends, because you can't get up. You don't have to fall down at the altar. <laughs> you just can't get out of your chair. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's good stuff. That's what we want. That's what I want. I want the weighty glory in this place, that it'll rest on me, and, and who knows what he's doing while he's sitting on my lap, while his presence, his weighty glory is pressing into my body. You think it's not all about experiences? No, it's not. But I'm telling you, when the manifest presence of God comes into a place, then, 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 then we're transformed. You got to be transformed in His image. You got to be transformed. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God. I just truly believe that tonight the Lord wants a rebirthing of the altar in your life. He wants a rebirthing of that altar in your life. That when you come into his presence, when you begin to step towards the altar, where is it? It's wherever you are. It's wherever he is. It's wherever the presence, where you begin to sense the presence of God, it begins to come upon your life. And listen, the Holy Spirit wants to remove all, all kinds of things. Remember, in the scripture, in Genesis, he had to remove all the foreign gods. He had to remove everything else that was being lifted up besides him. Sometimes I feel like the charismatic church, we have, a lot of all, we have a lot of things that come up instead of Jesus. We stick our eyes on certain things. Listen, God wants to, re, he wants to reestablish the altar in your family. He wants to reestablish the altar in your family. He wants to allow a place where you meet the Lord. All of you. Sometimes we raise people up. <laughs> Come on, there's people that are anointed and appointed to do a mission, but they don't take God's place. 
That's a foreign God. Am I saying hard things? It shouldn't be. We have all kinds of people through here. We have all kinds of people through here. It's good. I love that. But they don't take the place of the altar. What I noticed with Charlie and, and uh, Corey, both of them, they kind of pointed us to the altar. They tried to get the focus off themselves, unless miracles were popping at certain points. But they were trying to push us, push the whole congregation, the whole 250 towards the altar to pray and to seek the face of God, not towards a man that carries a gift. Amen? And so there's, there's, there's just places that I feel like the Lord is going to begin to take everyone individually. This is why we have to take an account of where we're at. God, what's in, in the way that's taking, that's shadowing you? Sometimes our kids can do it. I want my kids to just be in perfect and doing all the right things all the right time. You know, and that becomes a distraction to what God wants to do. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to just come and do what he needs to do in their lives. Sometimes it's hands off. Let God do it. Sometimes it's don't coddle to the problem and let the Lord deal with it. I say that as a parent who loves my kids. God wants to do that in you and through you. You have to allow even the things that we don't like to do, right? In regards to, <laughs> to like tough love and correction. Hello is part of growing up. You should be corrected. Everything doesn't go. All right. Everything's not legal. Really, worship, worship, worship. We need the Lord to allow to come into our worship space. Verse 23 of John chapter 4. John chapter 4 says, But the hour is coming and now is where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Right? And the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. That means you need to be real. That means you have to get honest. That means the spirit of God, the spirit of truth comes and begins to open us up so that we hear what God's speaking. We have to remove everything that's not, everything that's false, and that doesn't line up with God's principles and law. We want God to send things, and we're not dealing with the, we're putting aside the laws of God, and we're, we're, we're defying, and we're not even walking in principle, but we're, we're, it's not spirit and truth. And so the Holy Spirit wants us to walk in that spirit. Listen, they were at Jacob's well, him and, and the Samaritan woman, right? It was like, what is happening right now? It was the place, who knows? It could have been close to where the altar was at Bethel, for all we know. We, it could have been close to those places, but there was a, there was something that the Lord was saying. He said, the hour is coming, and now is. And I'm telling you, for everyone in this place, the hour is coming, and now is. 
that the Lord is looking for those who, are, who will worship Him only, will look at the Lord and say, you are God. You're the only God. You're the only true God. All roads don't lead to you. You are the only way. You are the gate. Jesus Christ is the gate. All roads don't get there. I don't get there by accident. I go because I go to the truth. I go to the one who releases the truth. Jesus Christ is the one and only door. Holy Spirit. And so the Lord is wanting us to be in this posture because just as the Samaritan woman, you know, we've all got things that need to be removed and moved out of the way so that we can worship fully. He's looking for a pure, spotless bride, not a cheating bride. That's tough, but that's true. He's looking for the true, 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 pure, spotless bride. And then we got Romans 12, and we know this well. Romans 12, 1, said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, that which is, which is a re your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everyone say transformed. God is wanting to transform not just your mind, but your entire being. He wants to transform your health. He wants to transform your life. He wants to transform the way you think. He wants to transform the way you speak to people. He wants to transform so many things by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. He's wanting to transform you. And so here's the deal. The Lord... Paul says, by the utterance of the Holy Spirit, he says this. He says, I beseech you, brethren, that by the mercies of God, you give yourself as a living, what? Sacrifice. That means your body is a living sacrifice. Guess what? Your life is not your own. I don't care what you believe. <laughs> your life is not your own. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your life is not your own. And therefore, you give yourself completely to him. Listen, and we're all in progress. Hey, Amen. Amen. And God's working it, but he's saying, listen, don't, don't go back to the old. Don't go back looking. This is what Peter did. He looked back and said, I'm going fishing. The one who said he wouldn't deny Jesus is now going fishing. He's gone. And John is on the boat, and Jesus is calling them from shore, but Peter didn't recognize him. There's, a, there's somewhere where John had this Jesus detector in his life. <laughs> Even after he was taken up and ascended, he saw what? He saw the, the Holy One. He saw the King of Kings with eyes of fire and hair like wool. And he was in the midst of the seven lampstands. There is a place where the Lord is wanting to take you. And it's the altar. It's the place. It doesn't matter if you're in prison. God can bring you into a place of revelation, even in the place of prison. If, if we worship and we feel imprisoned, come on. Come on. Some of you feel imprisoned every time you walk in here. Oh. You're not. The altar's here, and God is wanting to meet you at this place. 
He's wanting to transform you in this place. He's wanting your undivided attention. So don't think about the things that you think you need to think about or the things that attack your brain and your mind. I'm going to preach to the wall. seems a little more animated. I'm teasing. He's looking for those who are living sacrifice. I want to be a living sacrifice. How many in the room want to be a living sacrifice? Your life is not your own. Your life is completely surrendered. So when I released the word about the about the shaking and the wind and the, and the and the the eagle's nest being shaken and and all of us all of us i saw people just trying to not let go you got to let go you got to allow worship to overtake you you've got to allow yourself to be given over you got to allow yourself not to think about what you look like and what you what you what you think people are perceiving you as forget about it forget about it forget about it everyone in this room i liked what bobby said one time he said you come in this place and no one acknowledges you because everyone's looking to jesus i hope that's true i hope that's true i want you to look to jesus I want you to be in a place where you're postured so you're, there's nothing else that can distract you. Even if, even if all hell comes against you, even if the things of your past begin to rear up and look, rear their ugly heads, it doesn't matter because the Holy Spirit is greater. He said, greater works than, than these you shall see. I'm telling you, the greater works is complete deliverance from your past. We all got ghosts chasing us. Hello. I'm telling you, the ghosts are not chasing you. Jesus is chasing you. The Lord himself is calling you and beckoning you from the shore. Don't go fishing. Commit yourself to the altar. Commit yourself to a place of sacrifice. Commit yourself to posture yourself so that you can see him for who he is because he is coming in such a way to the church, the bright and shining one, the one that, the, that all the nations desire. He's the one that's coming. He is here even now. He's the one that's coming to reveal himself in such a beautiful, magnificent power. I can't even, I don't even have a power word to reveal him. It's undescribable what the Lord is looking like in these days. And we are waiting for something to tickle us, to get us to move. There is, there's an utterance, there's a groan inside me that's just saying, come on. Come on, and that's not striving. It's like this. I can't get enough, and I can't get in close enough, and I can't. I just want to lean into you, Jesus, and I, I, my heart is desiring. I want to know the plans that you have for me, but the plans will come at the altar. The plans will come as the, as the sacrifice. As you drop things and begin to sacrifice things and, and let the things that are rolling, the, the sacrifice is the foreign gods. The sacrifice is the foreign things that get in the way. The sacrifice is all these things 
things that keep, keep us back and keep drawing us into the world and keep us conformed to the world and keep us looking at the world and looking at, oh my God, it, it's the end. It's the end. It's not the end. Jesus gets the end. I'm not mad. I'm glad. Just get so much passion about this. I just can't help myself. I can't help, and I and I want you to go with us together. I want all of us to go together. I want the whole entire Church of New England to go together. Imagine that. Imagine if that would just happen. Imagine if everyone just threw it down and just said, "Listen, I'm all in. Let's just do it. Let's just go after it." Imagine if that happened. Imagine if that happened. I'm all in. Let's just do it. What does all in look like for you? Every person, it's going to look like something different. But what's all in look like for you? Because that's where the altar is. Because when, the, when Jacob came to the altar, he had no escape route. My brother's coming to cut my throat. He wants his stuff. And believe me, he was, he was scary. And so here we are, all of us. We could be in a corner. And you can be in a corner. I don't want to be in a corner. You're free. The Lord has created you to walk in freedom and walk in life and have, listen, have unlimited access to all his, all the inheritance. You have that already. There's a place where we live that we already have all that, those things, but it doesn't, I believe it doesn't come until there's a sacrifice. There's something that we lay down and to step into the fullness of it. And some of you, I know you don't like my theology on that. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. There's something that we have to, we, the Lord is requiring of you. Don't think that that doesn't happen. I promise you, when, when Catherine Kuhlman said, they were questioning, how do you see such miracles? It cost me everything. It cost her everything. And she still probably needed to lose some more things. You understand? We want to see miracles, like, flowing. I know, it starts with me. Come on, stand. The Lord wants our undivided attention always, right? So I say this. I believe that the Lord, listen. How many? Here's the deal. You're a gate. Do you know that? You're a gate. I'm just going to bring it back to Genesis 28. You are a gate. I believe this. What does it look like if, if this gate and this gate come together and they're open wide and they agree together? What happens if this gate, this gate, and this gate come together and they open up? they release everything they just give everything and they open themselves wide what happens if if this whole row and this whole row and this row and this row and what if happens if everyone in this place begins to open themselves up and allow the Spirit of God to come in and allow the the angels that are ascending and descending no the the, the perfect presence of God coming in and coming into this place has been has been prophesied anyway the pillar of God our first conference was was a pillar of fire 
with James Maloney. That was the first event we ever did. The Lord wants a pillar of fire in this place. And he wants every gate. Listen, you are a gate for all of heaven to come to. I know I talked about getting to the altar and releasing stuff, and that's all true. It's all true. But I do believe this. I do believe that the Lord is wanting to open up every gate in this place to make one massive portal for what God wants to do for the future. Listen, if you just open up, you gate, ye everlasting door, and let the King of glory come in. I'm telling you, get out of your head. Get out of your own mind and get out of his mind. <laughs> I should say, get out of your mind and get in his mind. We don't want to get out of our minds because we're afraid what people think. What's the response? Listen, allow the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, we just come before you right now. There's nothing more I can say. Lord, we open ourselves as gates. We open ourselves up, Lord. I thank you for angels ascending and descending on the Son of God, just as you saw. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for what you're about to do. I thank you that this place is open.